Chapter thirty three of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Alderman gives gifts to them of shadowy veil. In the hall of the face, folk might sat on the dais at the right hand of the Alderman, and the sunbeam on his left hand. But Iron Face also had beheld the bride, how her face changed, and he knew the cause, and was grieved and angry and ashamed thereof also he bethought him how this stranger was sitting in the very place where the bride used to sit and of all the love as of a very daughter that he had for her howbeit he constrained himself to talk courteously and kindly both to folk might and the sunbeam as behoved the chief of the house and the alderman of the dale moreover he was not a little moved by the goodliness and wisdom of the sunbeam and the manliness of folk might who was the most chieftain-like of men but while they sat there face of god went from man to man of the guests and made much of each but especially of woodfather and his sons and bowmay and they loved him and praised him and deemed him the best of hallmates nor might the sunbeam altogether refrain her from looking lovingly on him and it could be seen of her that she deemed he was doing well and like a wise leader and chieftain so wore away a while and men were fulfilled of meat and drink so then the alderman arose and spake and said is it not so guess that you would now gladly behold our market and the goodly wares which the chapmen have brought us from the cities then most men cried out yea yea and iron face said then shall ye go nor beholden by me from your pleasure and ye kinsmen who are the most guest fain and the wisest go ye with our friends and make all things easy and happy for them but first of all guests i were well pleased if you would take some small matters out of our abundance for it were well that ye see them ere ye stand before the chapmen's booths lest ye chaffer with them for what ye have already they all praised his bounty and thanked him for his good will so he arose to go to his treasury and bade certain of his folk to go along with him to bear in the gifts but ere he had taken three steps down the hall face of god prevented him and said kinsman if thou hast anywhere a hauberk somewhat better than folk are wont to bear such as thine own hand fashioneth and a sword of the like stuff i would have thee give them the sword to my brother-in-arms woodwise here and the war-coat to my sister bowmay who shooteth so well in the bow that none may shoot closer and very few as close and her shaft it was that delivered me when my skull was amongst the axes of the dusky men else had i not been here thereat bowmay reddened and looked down like a scholar who hath been overpraised for his learning and diligence but the alderman smiled on her and said i thank thee son that thou hast let me know what these our two friends may be fain of and as for this damsel at arms it is a little thing that thou askest for her and we might have found her something more worthy of her goodliness yet forsooth since we are all bound for the place where shafts and staves shall be good cheap a greater treasure may be of less avail to her thereat men laughed and the alderman went down the hall with those bearers of gifts and was away for a space while they drank and made merry but presently back they came from the treasury bearing loads of goodly things which were laid on one of the end-long boards then began the gift-giving and first he gave unto folk might six golden cups marvellously fashioned the work of four generations of rites in the dale 
and he himself had wrought the last two thereof to sunbeam he gave a girdle of gold fashioned with great mastery whereon were images of the gods and fathers and warriors and beasts of the field and fowls of the air and as he girt it about her loins he said in a soft voice so that few heard sunbeam thou fair woman time has been when thou wert to us as the edge of the poisonous sword or the midnight torch of the murderer but now i know not how it will be or if the grief which thou hast given me will ever wear out or not and now that i have beheld thee i have little to do to blame my son for indeed when i look on thee i cannot deem that there is any evil in thee yea however it may be take thou this gift as the reward of thine exceeding beauty she looked on him with kind eyes and said meekly indeed if i have hurt thee unwittingly i grieve to have hurt so good a man hereafter belike we may talk more of this but now i will but say that whereas at first i needed but to win thy son's good will so that our folk might come to life and thriving again now it is come to this that he holdeth my heart in his hand and may do what he will with it therefore i pray thee withhold not thy love either from him or from me he looked on her wondering and said thou art such a one as might make the old man young and the boy grow into manhood suddenly and thy voice is as sweet as the voice of the song-bird singing in the dawn of early summer soundeth to him who hath been sick unto death but who hath escaped it and is mending and yet i fear thee therewith he kissed her hand and turned unto the others and he gave unto bome a hauberk of ring-mail of his own fashioning a sure defence and a wonderful work and the collar thereof was done with gold and gems but he said to her fair damsel at arms faithful is thy face and the fashion of thee is goodly now art thou become one of the best of our friends and this is little enough to give thee yet would we fain ward thy body against the foremen to grieve us not by gainsaying us and bome was exceeding glad and scarce knew how to cease handling that marvel of ring-mail then to woodwise ironface gave a most goodly sword the blade all marked with dark lines like the stream of an eddying river the hilts of steel and gold marvellously wrought and all the work of a smith who had dwelt in the house of his father's father and was a great warrior unto woodfather he gave a very goodly helm parcel gilded and to his sons and the other folk fair gifts of weapons and jewels and girdles and cups and other good things so that their hearts were full of joy and they all praised his open hand then some of the best and merriest of the kinsmen of the face and face of god with them brought the guests out into the streets and among the booths there face of god beheld the bride again and she was standing by the booth of a chapman and dealing with him for a piece of goodly silken cloth to be a gown for one of her guests and she was talking and smiling as she chaffered with him as her wont was for she was ever very friendly of demeanour with all men but he noted that she was yet exceeding pale and he was right sorry thereof for he loved her friendly yet now had he no shame for all that had befallen when he bethought him of the sunbeam and the love she had for him and also he had a deeming that the bride would better of her grief End of chapter thirty three